We hold these truths to be self-evident. For enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Hello, hello. Welcome over here to Speak the Truth. How are you guys doing? I hope you guys had a fantastic week so far. I know that the market's actually done somewhat of a correction. Not a ton, but it has came back just a tad bit. We're going to blame that one on China. Yes, we're going to blame that one on China currently. It, it literally is actually because of them. They might be having a, a slighter version of our 2008 right now. Just a slight version. Just a little bit. Depends. We'll see where it goes. A little bit of a correction to coming back, though, which is kind of good for everybody that is currently invested in the stock market, which is probably a lot of people. But if you guys do not know, a lot of a lot has not really changed down there at the border. There's actually now 20,000 people. There's literally 20,000 people sitting underneath the bridge right now coming up to the bridge from Columbia. Yes, that is right. An additional 20,000 on top of the 15 some change that are sitting there currently. It just came in that there's more than 20,000 Haitians that are gathered in Columbia for a possible migration to the United States, which to me is kind of wild. I don't really know exactly where they're going to go because right now there's 15,000 sitting underneath there that have nowhere to go. And right now, it's kind of funny. The administration's kind of just completely, they're just kind of like hands off. They're not really giving anybody any insight on what to do. And they're not really wanting people to do anything because they don't really want to take accountability for what is going down down there currently. So right now, it is stating here that we got a, U.S. officials are tracking large groups of Haitians in Latin America that are including more than 20,000 that are in Colombia right now, who, like tens of thousands who are sitting at the masses of Texas border, may soon try to reach the United States to gain a little bit of access, which is kind of crazy to me. There's actually another group of 1,500 in Panama and 3,000 in Peru. So the, the crazy part is, is they have enough money to fly, because the thing is, is fly or get on a ship, I guess. It's an island. So they had to get off the island, come to a different country. They had to go through all these other countries just to come to us. Why didn't they stop and stay in those countries? Why didn't you just stay there? Why, why, do you, why are you trying to come up here? And the crazy part is, we've been flying some out. We've flown, I think, about 500. It says right here, we've flown 500 out. And actually, some of the ones that have been flying back have been causing a little bit of issues uh, back in Haiti once they land. And now they're actually kind of worried of security issues with the pilots and everybody that's flying them back to Haiti. Because there was an actual altercation, apparently, between the pilots and some of the people that were getting off the plane and who were waiting at the airport. So this goes on to say, despite the Biden's administration's claiming Haitians camped down on the Texas border, are facing expulsions. Thousands have actually been let back into the United States. I don't know if you guys know this. They have actually released thousands of those people actually back into the States. And many of the thousands have been released into the country with notices to appear on an immigration court within 60 days. We already know that's not going to happen. So they've already released a couple thousand people into the United States with no papers, no vaccine, no nothing like that. So, I mean, does this, does this make any sense? A screaming from the rooftops for you, the, the American that's just sitting at your house, that you must have the vaccine, and yet they're going to allow a couple thousand more people to come in, not give them vaccines, not test if they have COVID, not test like anything about them, and they're just going to allow them just to walk right in, free, free, willy-nilly, which to me is kind of wild. It's so, so stupid, so dumb. But at the same time, I told you guys a second ago that there were some that were deported from the U.S. on Tuesday that assaulted the pilots on board one of the flights when it arrived to the Port-au-Prince that uh, injured three U.S. immigration officers. Now we're having we're deporting them. And then when they land, they're assaulting the immigration officers that are trying to take them back. How does that help your case at all? I don't know how they 
how the administration has not just came out and said, you know what? You guys are hurting Americans already. Like they're literally already hurting you. So let's go ahead and just cut the shit off. Let's just cut it completely off. We've, I guess down here in Texas, they've actually formed a giant row of just cars, police vehicles, or just border patrol vehicles that's actually stopping them from coming in as of currently. Unrest broke out shortly after the flight carrying single adult men arrived and released the men to Haitian authorities in the tarmac. Then the source said that several of the men stormed another recently arrived flight carrying the families. And on Tuesday, September 21st, some of the adult migrants caused two separate disruptions on the tarmac after deplaning in the port. In Haiti, Haitian crowd control officers responded to both incidents resolved and they resolved the situations. ICE fully respects the right of all people to peacefully express their opinions while continuing to perform its immigration enforcement mission consistent with our priority. So it's, it's almost ironic. It's like the same thing that always happens with these things. Not, not, just, not just this specific kind of incident of deporting people, but when like an altercation of, comes out or somebody within the government gets hurt, they're like, you know, we, we, we say you're okay to protest. Just please don't beat the hell out of our people. Don't, don't break our stuff. It, it always seems to be the case, huh? So there's your, there's your border update on what is going on down there on the border and what we've actually done to send some of the people back to Haiti itself, which is somewhat... Not really, not a ton. Not a ton whatsoever. Hey, so this is going to be an interesting one because myself and CNN actually agree with each other on a small tidbit of things here. Like we actually agree on something. Some ass backwards double standards. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to start it off. This is the very beginning. They're kind of laying, laying the groundwork. So I'm going to throw it out there. Despite all the scientific and medical advances for the past 103 years, this pandemic has now killed more Americans than the 1918 flu pandemic. Okay. Yes, it has. It has. But you want to know a huge difference between the 1918 flu, flu pandemic and the 2021 or where we're sitting in 2021 is the fact that there was 103 million people in America in 1918. And currently there's like 333 million in America right now. So you can state that, yes, it might have, but that is just really to gain clicks and, and kind of more of a clickbait and to get a title. But when in, in fact, the numbers don't really align because you have three X, almost three and a half X of the amount of people in America right now than you did in 1918. I mean, do we really exactly know how many people died in 1918? Do we, can they get an accurate account? No, probably not. I mean, do we really know even now with all of our scientific advances, how many people have actually had it that were asymptomatic? No, not really. So there you go. That's how I want to start it. That's how it kind of lays the ground rules. This is when I start really, kind of, I mean, me and CNN actually started agreeing here. So it says, follow the rules or change the rules. Now, I've always stated this, and I'm sure a lot of people that you listen to podcasts or just people in general, anyone with common sense understands that uh, some of the mass mandates are super goofy, and it really only kind of goes after, well, just a normal human being. So here you go. goes on. Here's an example. Elites attended the gala and, uh, excuse me, the, the Met Gala and the award shows unmasked while servants had to cover their faces. So as you guys, you know, the Met Gala happened earlier this week. No one really cares about it other than people that were there. But the funny part is the people at the gala weren't wearing the mask. So the people in the background, if you look at all the photos, if you guys are on YouTube right now, if you guys don't know, we moved all this over to a separate channel. If you guys just type in Speak the Truth, we literally put all the podcasts on its channel. Now they're all going to be in order. There's going to be shorter clips of it. So if you want to go check it out, go to YouTube and literally just go follow and subscribe to that channel. You guys can see all the stuff I'm, I'm talking about on screen. But like the Met Gala. It's so funny because like I was saying, like all the images, you see all these people like, oh, look at me. Like no one really actually gives a shit about the the people in the pictures, I, I mean, I don't. I know a lot of you guys don't. They're, they're high, important people. So all, they don't have to wear a mask, but all the peons in the background that are just taking photos or open up the doors or serving them drinks, they have to wear them even if they're vaccinated. Because for some reason, the vaccine only works super, super well against COVID if you're super popular on social media. 
But this goes on. So if you guys didn't know, L.A. County had to come out and actually say something because it actually, this past Emmys, which I think was yesterday, over the last 24 hours, there's been a lot of discussion on whether those attended the Emmy Awards violated L.A. County's mass mandate. If you guys didn't know, it's really goofy. It requires everyone, regardless of vaccination status, to don a face covering. Well, I'm going to tell you guys right now, the short answer is no. It apparently did not. A spokesperson from the L.A. County Public Health said there's exemptions that are made for film, television, and music productions. Since, apparently, additional safety modifications are made for such events. See, safety modifications. What in the actual, what does that even mean? What, what, in the, what does that even mean? I think they just threw a word in there because it, it has people like me saying safety modifications. That sounds pretty... Sounds pretty real. That's got to be real, right? The department explained that everyone at the Emmys was considered a performer and that all persons appearing on or in the audience of the Emmy Award show were fully vaccinated. Okay, so everybody that was in the award show was fully vaccinated. Everybody that's there, which means that everybody that was in the background was everybody had to be fully vaccinated. There's no way that they're going to allow this production to go on without everybody being in there have proof of vaccination. But everybody else outside of that little group, there's a photo, which you guys are seeing right now, a giant photo of everybody at the Emmys who is literally standing next to each other, hugging, has their arms on them when they were releasing articles back a couple of months back that we couldn't even shake hands or fist bump. And now all these people have their arms around them. And they're taking these photos. It's so goofy. It's like it's like COVID doesn't doesn't it, it doesn't affect them. And this should not be an issue, a right wing media issue. It should actually be an everybody and a common sense issue. That comes from Brianna Kyler. Uh, she called out an example of hypocrisy on Monday's Newsday. So I'm telling you. So me and this lady, we probably would never agree with literally nothing in life. Like if I told her the sky was blue, she'd tell me it was green, just because. It's just the way they are. And she's talking about the one and only San Francisco Mayor London Breed. Yes, that is right. She's out partying, dancing. She's dancing with clothes on, so don't worry. I'm about the clip I'm about to show you, so you don't have to be too scared. She's going to have clothes on. But she's out there partying, just getting it. And I love, I love what she had to say when uh, she started getting called out against or going against her own policy. I mean, it's, it is pretty funny. And everybody that's living in San Francisco or just in California in general, you should probably rethink how much they're actually starting to control y'all's lives without you even realizing it. That is Breed there on the left, and her critics are seizing on this, saying that she violated her own health department's masking order, which came out in August, and applies to the vaccinated, like the mayor, and the unvaccinated. I was there, I was eating, and I was drinking, and I was sitting with my friends, and everyone who came in there was vaccinated. So the fact that we have turned this into a story about being maskless, no, I'm not going to sip and put my mask on, sip and put my mask on, sip and put my mask on, eat and put my mask on. While I'm eating and I'm drinking, I'm going to keep my mask off. So the fact that this is even a story is sad. She goes on and she criticizes these things called fun police. And the ironic thing is, is she's literally making fun of people that that are calling her out for her own policies that literally voted her into office. She's making fun of those people right now, calling them fun police. Okay. Well, what the hell is she? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I love how she said that. She didn't feel like she had to be micromanaged about her mask wearing when she's like, it's, you can't even say it out loud because it's so stupid with these politicians to just higher ups get caught, not wearing a mask when they've been trying to enforce these, these hypocritical laws this entire time. It's just, it is really funny. She says, like, we don't need the fun police to come in and try micromanage to tell us what we, we, what we should and shouldn't be doing. Well, what the hell are you doing? You are literally micromanaging an entire population of, of people within your city and telling them and forcing them, if you want to go eat at this diner, you have to be vaxxed. If you're vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask. What the f- 
So you're literally like that. That's when it, that's when the whole vaccine stuff kind of gets confused and on people that haven't got it. Like, do I need to get it? When they see somebody that says, uh, if you get the vaccine, you still have to wear a mask. If you're indoors, you still have to wear a mask. But you know what? Since I am a high political person, the, the, the virus isn't going to get me. It's not going to hurt me whatsoever. It's not going to do anything to me. She said that she was eating and drinking and sitting with her friends and everybody who came up there was vaccinated. How does it not, like, is it not for her? Because, I mean, I know when I get on an airplane, I know a lot of you guys who fly, I got to fly here in a couple days. You get on an airplane, you eat, you take off your mask, and you try to take a nice big breath of just fresh air because, you know, you're getting tired of smelling yourself inside that mask on this plane. And the little Nazi flight attendant comes over, hits you with some hot Hitler shit, and she says, put that mask on or you're going to have to be thrown out the window. Has any, if nobody's been on a flight here recently, you don't know what I'm talking about. They literally will come over and they belittle the shit out of you to make you put your mask back on, even though they do say that 99.9% of the virus is trapped or killed inside these filters in the plane. You see, you see what I'm getting out of here? If everybody is vaccinated, it's so, it makes you want to take my head and beat it through a wall. The writing's on the wall more and more and more every single day that this isn't about giving people what's best for them. It's more about controlling the population and, and showing that they're controlling the population in the way that they're wanting wanting to. So they can, down the road, if they're wanting to implement things, they know that they can do it because you guys and who's ever doing it is already in this like sheeple environment that they're, they're willing to just do whatever they say. Oh, they know what's best. When in fact, they don't even want to follow their own policies. So now that we've learned that the, the virus knows when you're not eating or drinking. So if you, if you constantly, you know what, just eat at all times and you'll never get the virus. Uh, you may become obese and die of diabetes, but you will be safe from the coronavirus. And no, that is a joke. So please don't turn me in for spreading false information. That's the part of the article that I, I, I actually agreed with CNN on. Now, this is, this is not anything with CNN. It's an entirely different one, but it is a stating that anti-vaxxers will have to pay up if they, they want to reject public health guidance. I was interested. I read halfway through it, and I was like, oh, God, it just keeps going on. It says this, like many Americans, I have grown tired of anti-vaxxer bravado. I was like, oh, God. And then it's like three more, art, or three more paragraphs of just... Blah, 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 blah. That's pretty much what I read. And then it got to this. If you guys did not know, employers can generally, and it's big quotation, generally require all employees to be vaccinated and it's possible for an employee to be fired for refusing the vaccine according to the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission. So with that being said, got me to thinking a little bit. If people do not get the vaccine that are being uh, employed and they, they go against it, say the people in the military, I was actually had some DMs from some people in the military. They're actually going to discharge them. They have to go through like remedial counseling and counseling. Then they have to go see like the PA, just normal military type stuff. So, but anyway, they were actually going to end up releasing them out of the military if they don't decide to get the vaccine, which got me thinking, you know, it's kind of crazy if all these people within the military don't get the vaccine, say there's 20 or 30,000 people, which is not a, it's not a crazy amount to think. I mean, what, what do we say? Uh, active duty wise, I don't want. I'm not. I don't want to give any false information. I can't recall the exact number. So there's 1.4 million. We'll say 10 percent. That's 140,000 people, which is not a far-fetched number. Okay, so we'll say 10 percent of the military decides not to get the vaccine. They're going to kick them out. You know what that does to a lot of people and civilians don't realize this. What it does to military's readiness at that point, it literally will make them. Every unit in the military will be on a non-deployable status, which then you have to account for how much money did the government put into training, say, those 140,000 people they had to kick out. You know how much... If you guys are sitting here complaining about wasted spending, imagine 
the amount of wasted spending that would go into dishonorably discharge or dis, d- discharge under like uh, other than honorable or some whatever conditions they would give them because it wouldn't be honorable it'd be like under other than honorable or something and the amount of money that would be lost on having to retrain say those 10% that didn't want to get it Whew, no one put it, no one's even thinking about that i don't even know what what got me this article got me to thinking about that but think about the tens and hundreds of millions of dollars that is wasted. Man, now this is making me think. I looked this up one time and it was actually, are you guys ready? I'm, I'm well, you know what? Instead of just giving you some, some bull, bull let, let's actually look it up. Oh, well, I did find a, a really cool stat. You guys ready for this? It's kind of a neat fit stat. Did you guys know that the U.S. military snipers to kill one enemy soldier was 1.3 rounds? That's how many rounds on average it took a sniper to kill somebody, which is pretty, pretty normal. This is way off topic, so I'm sorry, but this is, I like this kind of stuff. Which is kind of which is kind of cool. We always said that you have a uh, one one shot. And you it's basically every kill is like a good correction. Essentially, that's what anyway it doesn't really matter. But the cost difference is actually twenty three thousand dollars per kill for the average soldier. Uh, that's how much it costs the military. The average soldier costs twenty three thousand dollars per kill, and uh, cost basis for a sniper was a uh, seventeen cents. I don't know. Random. There you go. Sorry. Random ra- random knowledge for you guys. Okay, I couldn't. I couldn't find anything that was distinctly. It was saying how much it 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 costs to to train somebody, but out the gate for like an, an average, just basic trained like trained person, just a normal a normal person in the military with no other experience other than just their basic training cost. But on that on that hundred forty grand, you're looking at roughly fifteen million dollars lost just right there. But that was just in basic training cost. Now all these people have to go to specialized schools after that, which I know some of these schools are extremely expensive. Like imagine when you go to SF, that that can that takes like twenty four to thirty six months depending on what you do. And some of those people, I mean, you're talking like super, 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 super expensive. I'm just throwing it out there. You're you're losing tens of millions of dollars just over that right there. But this goes on to say that, uh, and I brought this up for a couple different reasons, mainly not to go on a random military tan- tangent. But this says uh, last month Delta CEO Ed Bastian. So if you guys do not know, this is this is kind of crazy. He announced that the remaining 25% of unvaccinated Delta employees will need to pay a $200 monthly fee to cover the risk of hospitalization due to coronavirus, which kind of sounds like he's almost making them pay an insurance policy because they don't want to get it. And if they get it, Delta doesn't want to be held accountable to have to pay for their bills. So COVID-19 has cost Delta 50000 per person. Well, that's the average. This surcharge has been necessary to address the financial risk. The decision is to not vaccinate and creating the economy is what it's, it's going on. That's what he was saying. So it cost Delta fifty grand per employee that gets COVID. But the funny thing about all that is the government bailed out them and gave them so much money. I don't even know what he's, what, what is he's really complaining about. 75% of insurers have stopped waiving out-of-pocket costs for people with COVID-19, meaning people who go to the ER with the disease will now leave with the bill. That's the other thing. If you are vaccinated and you get it, do they cover you? I don't know. But right now, uh, 75% of you guys who get it who are not vaccinated and go to the hospital will be stuck with that bill probably the rest of your life because we all know how they will just absolutely just stick you. So there you go. There's a little bit of that. We can move on, though. If you guys do not know... Trump is apparently back in the news. And the only thing I can really think of uh, is, is the fact that they're somewhat worried of 2022. I mean, it has been an absolute landslide the last six weeks for the current administration. And when I mean landslide, it has been absolutely disgusting. Like when I mean disgusting, they've been struggling and struggling pretty bad. As, as most of you guys do know, we have Afghanistan, the border crisis, 
stuff that's going on with China. I mean, it, it's been just a, a landslide. If you guys didn't know the Taliban, I didn't even want to cover this, but they were they're actually asking to be, they're speaking at the UN today, and the Taliban was trying to send a spokesperson to the UN to speak on the behalf of the Taliban. And thank God we at least said, no, that's probably not a good idea, since you are literally not the governing legal, like to me, they're not the legal governing body of Afghanistan. They just took it over. But this one right here, here we go. New bombshells show that Trump coup was a threat, a real threat and hasn't passed. So the way that they're labeling this stuff is the real threat hasn't passed. The real threat with Trump really has somewhat passed to me. He's not even allowed on social media anymore, for God's sakes. The guy's not even allowed on social media. How is this guy still a threat? Well, it was kind of interesting because when I got reading through some of this, which I'll read through, but I'm going to kind of give you guys a, a lay. I wanted to go look on, on, on just why would they be putting all this stuff out about Trump? Not just CNN, but everybody. Everybody keeps throwing this stuff out there. And it's like, what is the real reasoning behind this? And just on CNN's main, like their website, when you go to their website, half the page. I mean, Trump hasn't even been in office for like eight months. What is it? What, what even month, month we're in September? Nine months, basically? We'll, we'll just say effectively nine months. He hasn't done anything. And he is still taking up half of their page and he doesn't even post on social media. There's literally one, two, three, four, five, six, six articles and they're all the big ones that are nothing but Trump. And it got me really thinking this morning, like, why would they be sitting here having a conversation about Trump? Like, what is the really need for it? So that's what made me start digging into it. Let's, let's find out. Why are they talking about Trump so much again? What made them start doing it? Is it because they ran out of news? Or are they trying to hide the fact of what's going on on the border? Or like, what is the whole reason behind it? So a rush of new and shocking behind the scene disclosures about how then President Donald Trump sought to thwart the Constitution and the will of the voters and makes a clear case that America has came closer to a coup earlier this year than previously known. So we were at the verge of a coup. I just want you guys to know it was about to happen. He was about to just arm the, the military to go out and storm the cities and take everything over. That was literally what, what they're setting this thing up. The growing paper trail, which is likely to be the intense interest to the House Select Committee investigation in the January 6th insurrection, appears to prove that Trump's intent to stay in power illegally. So are they just trying to pr- prove or prove that something about this January 6th, with the, the FBI's already came back saying that he had nothing to do with it. So they're trying to still approve or I keep saying approve push are they still trying to push this agenda the ex-president for instance initiated a vast disinformation campaign that has convinced millions of voters that the election was stolen helped by a conservative media pushing his lies which is which which is so crazy they're so short-minded that i guess they forgot about russia remember remember when hillary clinton lost and for the first like two years, three years, whatever it was, they pushed Russia was involved and meddled in the uh, elections. And the, the elections were a fraud the entire time because she lost. And then it came to find out that he, she didn't lose. And it's like everybody in America just kind of forgot that they did that. And they're like, oh, we'll move on to something else. Well, the same thing. Like Trump doesn't even have a, has a social media. And yet they're still, they still go on and they just talk about pushing lies. The guy doesn't even talk. Like he, he literally is playing golf making tens of millions of dollars playing golf, doing nothing, literally nothing, doesn't do anything. So anyway, it says uh, all of the lies have a tangible effect. A CNN poll last week, for instance, a CNN poll, by the way, a CNN poll uh, found that 78% of Republicans do not believe that Biden won last November and therefore not the legitimate president. A CNN poll. So they polled people through their through their through their avenues of so the people that follow CNN, which are literally the most left leaning people in the world, they polled. They asked the people to CNN, 
Which, if you think about that, what what are those people going to say? Yeah, of course a Republican doesn't think that he won. Yeah, Joe Biden won. Good. Okay, let's move on. Maybe this is the only thing they have to talk about. But you're also going to have a lot of people talking about the, the, the memo that had came out and the document outlined a six-part plan for the former Vice President Mike Pence to follow on January 6th, arguing that the Constitution granted him the right to reject electors from the states where Trump's legal team falsely alleged the, uh, there was significant voter fraud. So what they're trying to state here is, is Pence was going to come in and say that the, the states that Trump had lost, it, w- it wasn't real. When he was actually the guy that won, they were going to take away the votes. I want to, I want you guys to know this is a pre- preliminary draft. It didn't go anywhere. Um, if you guys go and do your research and go re- read this thing, it, it's literally just a draft. It's a legal document that was drafted. You know that anybody can draft a legal document? I can have, I literally can go to DocuSign and draft a legal document right now. And whatever that's used inside of this could be used as news, correct? So that's one of the things. And, and if you go on, it, and the reason why I'm saying this, and talking about this right now is for the fact that I'm, I'm fairly confident they're super, 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 super worried about what is actually going on within the party that they're trying to push, which, of course, who knows more the left. So you're talking about more Democratic side stuff. So they're, they're extremely worried about 2022, like extremely worried. So they're going to continue to push the fact that Trump is crazy and every Republican's absolutely wild. So don't vote for anything within their party. That's the entire uh, goal behind that agenda. So this is a uh, an article that states that this poll should terrify Democrats ahead of 2022. Now, these are some real statistical numbers. If you guys don't believe in statistics, which I can't apparently say, then you probably need to readjust your thinking because they're they're pretty. They know everything. Like the stock market literally uh, knows who's going to win pre- presidential elections. This goes all the way back to like the 40s. If you go look at it, stock market did the same exact thing leading up to every single election. It, it, it decides who is who is literally, like they know exactly who is going to win, and it's all statistics. So anyway. of Iowans approved of how Joe Biden is handling his duties as president, while whopping 62% disapprove. Now, this is kind of a big deal because Biden's disapproval number is below the lowest ever measured. Lowest ever measured. Uh, Former President Donald Trump had a 35 and Barack Obama had a 36. So Joe Biden's disapproval rating is literally lower than the guy that they're trying. So now you can understand why they're trying to smear the, the previous administration, because the current one that they put in the office, essentially through the media and, and all that stuff, has literally, like no, like no lie, he's the lowest ever in history for any president. This is a bad poll for Joe Biden, and it's playing out in everything that he touches right now. Biden's approval on polling Americans out of the Afghanistan stands at a meagering 22% approval. For his handling of COVID-19, the pandemic is now at a 36%. This poll is rightly understood as a blaring red alarm, not just for the Biden administration, but especially down the ballot Democrats in Iowa and elsewhere who will be running in 2022 midterms. In Gallup's polling history, this is what I was talking about history with stock market and such, presidents with a job approval rating below 50% have seen their party lose 37 House seats on average in midterm elections. So you want to keep the House to be able to get your your bills and your, your agendas approved. In past in midterm elections, uh, that compares to an average loss of 14 seats when the president has an approval rating of above 50. percent So what you're telling me is his approval rating is less than Donald Trump's. And I think Donald Trump, I think it stated that he lost about the same, like 34 or whatever it was, inside the House. So if if that's the case, now you guys have an understanding why they're trying to smear the certain side of the the the, the opposing side leading up to 2022 because they they butchered it so bad. I mean, so bad his approval ratings went from like 67% to now in some states in the lower 30s. Like how is that even a feasible? Like how does that even happen? Imagine 2 months from now, 
four months from now, as things just keep piling on and snowballing, do you guys really think that they're going to be able to stop this going into 2022 and then 2024? Because you guys all know, you everybody should know that there's absolutely no way that Joe Biden, I don't know if he's going to make it mentally, physically, or just he's not going to make it to 2024 for re-election. He may live that long. I'm not saying he's going to die or anything. I'm saying he's no way that he's going to be mentally strong and physically fit to be president in 2024. And they know that. So that's why they're going to have to prime and prep somebody going into 2022 and beyond. Representative Gibbs, he's a Republican at Ohio, introduced three articles of impeachment against Joe Biden. Tuesday setting is handling Afghanistan, immigration, and now defunct federal eviction is pretty much the entire reason. He's done so much damage to this country in less than nine months, which is really scary. He's not capable of being commander in chief. And now that's obviously by his actions since day one, when he took presidency back in January, maybe something like this, what is it going to make the white house think twice before they do some of this nonsense. So with him doing this, I want to tell you guys right now, it's not really going to do anything, which he actually acknowledged later on that impeachment are unlikely to go anywhere with the Democrats in charge of the house. That's why they're, it's so important. If you're on one side of the party to control the house, like what I'm saying coming up in 2022, if they lose it, then they basically lost Joe Biden as president. Cause nothing is ever going to happen. You guys remember when, when, when Trump was having all those issues and all those issues, he couldn't ever get anything done pretty much. It was basically just back and forth. That's literally what's going to happen if they don't win it. And that's what he goes on the states. It's not going to go anywhere with, Nan- with, with Nancy Pelosi inside of there. But it shows that there are some Republicans that think that the president needs to be impeached and he needs to be removed from office one way or another. At one point, hopefully, they're going to be able to hold accountable for the actions and this kind of putting them on notice, which I don't even know if that's really going to do anything. I don't, I don't really know if that's going to do anything. Let's be honest. Is it actually going to change anything that, they, that they're doing with their agenda? No, we all know that's not going to happen. Okay, so some good news. Some good news for everybody here in America. Do you guys did not know attackers have struck the Taliban vehicles? Yes, that is right. Attackers have struck the Taliban. That is good. That's good for everybody that's, that's not for them. So attackers struck Taliban vehicles in eastern Afghanistan on Wednesday, killing at least two fighters and three civilians in the latest violence since the groups take over the country in mid-August. So that is good for us as Americans. Someone's actually doing something. I know the Biden administration tried to do something. They failed. They killed seven kids and aid worker and, and family members. That's literally what happened. But you know what? We got these people, these resistance groups who are out there still, still going after them and or ISIS, one of the two. You know, ISIS is basically doing the, the work for the administration. In one attack, gunmen opened fire on Taliban vehicle at a local gas station in provincial capital of Jalalabad, killing two fighters and a gas station attendant. Witness said a child was also killed in the same mix. Well, that's not good. I was talking about the Taliban. I wasn't talking about kids. That's, that, see, that's the kind of stuff that's going to happen. When you don't know what you're really doing and you're just going to spray and pray, like I know that most of these people do, you're, you're going to have some civilians that are going to get injured. Another child was also killed and two Taliban members were wounded in a separate attack. A bombing of another vehicle and another bombing of a Taliban vehicle in Jalabad was also wounding uh, a person nearby, although it was unclear if the person was a Taliban official or not. So the witnesses that are actually speaking are doing it uh, anonymously uh, because of the fear of, of retribution, which is very, very true. We know it's going to happen. So this kind of stuff's constantly going to happen inside of Afghanistan since we are not there doing anything, which, which leads me to, to, to also go on. With this one, if you guys do not know, uh, Afghanistan unrest could inspire extremism within the United States. So this is actually going on currently as we're sitting here. I think they're like testifying and having conversations about it currently, literally as we're talking about this. It goes on to say that the possibility of a 9-11 type attack has diminished over the last 20 years. That's, that's good to know. 
But the Taliban victory in Afghanistan could embolden U.S.-based extremists at the same time that the FBI is confronting increasing threats from individuals motivated by racial and political grievances. That was, was stated on Tuesday. This was as of yesterday, but today they're still having this whole discussion. FBI directors Christopher Ray said that extremist groups have never stopped plotting against the United States with attacks, but the FBI is better positioned to stop them, which is good, which means they have learned from the previous mistakes and we're now combating it uh, fairly well. Even so, officials said that the collapse of the Afghanistan government could lead to potential attacks from forward terror groups that, could, that they also expire Westerners to commit the acts of violence. That's on top of domestic terrorism and a caseload that Ray said has exploded since the spring of 2020 from about 1,000 investigations to 2,700 of domestic terrorism. Domestic, so within the United States, we've actually, we talked about domestic, the difference between domestic terrorism and terrorism. We've actually talked about that in the past. He says that we are concerned that with the developments in Afghanistan, among other things, that there will be more inspiration to the first. So I think that we anticipate, unfortunately, the growth in both categories as we look ahead over the next couple of years. He's saying it's going to happen. So there's going to be a growth within domestic and foreign terrorist threats. This is coming from the FBI saying it's going to happen. Now that, now that they're going to use Afghanistan and all the stuff that's happening over there to actually take advantage of spurring new people inside the United States to commit domestic terrorism. There you go. That's what's going on in the world. I try to cut it down in a short-paced version for you guys. I hope a lot of you guys are having a fun day traveling home from work. If you're listening over here on Spotify, I hope you guys or Apple, whichever it is. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys are over here on the YouTube channel, hello, how you guys doing? Hopefully I didn't talk too fast for a lot of you guys and gals. Try to get through a lot of stuff. Trying to do it within underneath 45 minutes is the goal every day. So there you go. Trying to jam it all in for you guys. Jam pack it in. Kind of like a sardine in a can. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Hope you guys enjoyed this video and or podcast. I do love you guys. I will see you guys on another episode, which will be tomorrow. Tomorrow.